And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. All right, coming up next, Joe Ekamandu is going to join us, former Raider running back, once a Raider, always a Raider. Steph McKenzie will join us. Love having him on Steph every Wednesday. And Nasty Nestor at the bottom of the hour, longtime Raven sports talk host and a guy who knows that team inside and out. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizza. They're with us the entire season. One of my longest standing partners here on the show. Coal-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. Grimaldi's, home of the $50 gift card. We'll start giving that away in a couple of weeks here. As you know, I love, love going to Grimaldi's, especially Boca Park. Over by me over here, fantastic. Uh, Head on out to Grimaldi's for everything that they have on that menu. Fantastic. Raider fans, we've been uh, been busy today. I've got a number of interviews. I'd love to get you up on the show if you want to get through this hour, 702-365-9200. The game plan is in. It will be put in heavy tomorrow on how to beat the Ravens and that rushing attack and what to do. If you got an advantage to this game, if there's something you see in this game, get it to me now so we can have it and we know what's happening in advance of Monday. Fred Bolitnikoff will join us. Also, Bill Romanowski, Jim Plunkett. Not bad. Just had Max Crosby on an hour ago, less than an hour ago. We had Tom Flores on to start off the week. Jim Plunkett will join me every Friday, courtesy of Modelo. You know, on Friday, how perfect is that promotion? Man, I think I know what I'm doing. Friday, you know I have a bucket of Modelo. I'm going to have a bucket of Modelo on ice after my Jim Plunkett interview every Friday with Jim and the spirit of excellence and what he does. Can't wait. The fighting spirit of Jim Plunkett and the bucket of Modellos, that's going to be fantastic. So we're rolling. Everything's good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you think the Raiders can win this game. I mean, I tightened up that defense. They tightened up that defense in a big way by bringing in K.J. Wright. Should K.J. Wright be ready to go? I wasn't at the press conference. I was upstairs doing the show, but Ed Graney and Q... And a couple of people were saying, oh, my God, he walked into the press conference. He's massive. He's in shape. He's bitter. He's angry. And he's happy to be a Raider. Just hope he makes a play or two or three or six or ten tackles or whatever he has to do. Very important that K.J. Wright's on the field against Lamar Jackson. He's played a lot longer than Lamar Jackson. and He's been a 10-year vet in this league, a very good player. And we'll see. Littleton is the cover story today. He is the cover story today by Vinny Bonsignor. And he's going to have to find a way to step up and get ready to go. And we're going to see what happens here. We're going to talk about this and the exact game plan on slowing down Lamar Jackson, which is not easy to do. But he has no reps. He can't be in midseason form. He can't be in MVP form. I can't see that considering... Their preseason has been decimated by injuries. Everything I'm rating from the Ravens, Raiders are catching them at a good time. Joe Ekamandu joins us, former Cal running back, running back for the Ravens, the Browns, the Vikings, the Texans, and he's kind enough to join us, courtesy of M Resort Casino and Spa. Joe, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me on the show. 
thanks for coming on. I want to go back to Hawthorne High School and before Cal, and you got to Cal oh, and wow. you were changing. <laughs> you were change. Excuse me. You were no, you were changing. Wow, going back at all times. <laughs> I'm going back to. I'm going back in the day. I like to do that. And in, in college, it was a real important point in your life for some injuries. You were a two sports star, track and field with the Golden Bears. And getting injured and coming back from that, what defined your career in college that gave you the mindset that you could play in the pros on Sunday? Hey, Sam, you're breaking up. I, I can't really hear you. Can you go ahead and repeat yourself again? Please? Yeah, I wanted to talk about fighting through injuries at Cal and getting to the NFL. What were some of the defining moments for you that molded you into a football player in college? Yeah, I, I think you, uh, you're asking me about uh, fighting injuries um, in college uh, and, and, and high school. Uh, really, it was just having, you know, you know, uh, uh, being able to persevere through hard times. Just uh, growing up in Nigeria and coming over to California, um, I grew up in areas where you know we didn't have a lot, and I wasn't given a lot, you know. And uh, my parents always taught me regardless of how bad things get. You just have to have the, the mental attitude and the perseverance to fight these things, uh, whether that be injuries on the field or maybe you might have some economic obstacles that you might come across in life. But at the end of the day, you just got to have that mental toughness and perseverance in which you were restored to me at a, lot, uh, a very young age. And I believe those are some of the things that helped me to um, overcome those injuries and, and you know, have a successful college career and enable me to be a to play in the NFL. Joe Akamandu joins us. So, Joe, your track ability and your speed and then your size and strength when you put on weight because you're under six foot tall, but you're a guy who can run over people. And also you had a little experience playing receiver. So all that coming together, tell me about when you were drafted in the seventh round by Cleveland and what that meant to you, pick 208 overall. Oh, wow. Well, um, I think being drafted in the NFL is just a big honor, and I think it plays tribute to uh, all the obstacles that you have to come from high school to college and then make it at the, uh, the most elite level there is in our sport. Um, as you know, the numbers are like less than a percent of guys who actually go through high school and make it all the way to the NFL. And so just being uh, in that group um, is, you know, one of the uh, best accomplishments uh, I've had in my life. Um, it's funny, as you said, uh, being able to run over guys at my size and things of that nature. I always put a lot of sports, and I always encourage kids to just don't be one track. Don't be like mm. one minor. Oh, I'm going to play football. I'm going to play baseball. Play everything. Because not only will you enjoy the sport more, but also you'll build your dexterity and your knowledge of other things that you can always play in into um, things that you're going to need down the line, whether it is football or basketball. Uh, for instance, uh, I ran track and played basketball. I was able to be a receiver because in basketball, you have to have a good eye-hand coordination. And then, of mm-hmm. course, in track, you build your speed and stamina, and those things were able to uh, roll over to me being uh, a good athlete in the NFL. So uh, I would encourage anybody or who has kids or who coaches that you have your kids play all sports because you're going to help them out in the long run. Joe Akamandu, former Raider running back, former NFL running back from Nigeria to Cal, Horthon, California in high school. And then you run with the Raiders. Joe, give me an Al Davis story. First time you met Mr. Davis, the impact he had on your life. 
Oh man, it was. Uh, I got a lot of Al Davis stories. Uh, I remember. I, I want to say it was 2006. We were on the road to. Um, we were on the road and we we're playing the Broncos. And I remember we had just lost the game, maybe within the last three minutes, maybe within the last three minutes of the, uh, the game. And it was my first year with the Raiders. And I believe, I think it would, was my first time traveling with the Raiders. So, you know, uh, Al always comes down and addresses the team and the, or the coaches or who's ever there. And I just remember, you know, somebody say, hey, Al, Al D's coming, Al D's coming. And everybody's scattered. And I was just like, what was everybody running for? And then sure enough, he came down and he chewed everybody out that was like still left in the locker room. And I was like, wow, this guy, you know, even though he's older, this guy still has uh, an app for the game. He knew what the coverages were. He knew what the alignment for the defense was. He knew what the calls was. And you wouldn't expect that really from maybe even a general manager, let alone an owner. And so to see how much his mind was during the game at that late uh, stage of his career, was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was uh, mind-blowing. So uh, that's, uh, that's one of my Al Davis stories. Hey, Joe, finally, once a Raider, always a Raider. What does it mean to be involved with this organization? You got your legacy brick. Season's just about to start off with fans at Allegiant Stadium. Tell me about your spirit and what you believe is your life going forward as a Raider. All right, we got a bad phone line. That phone line wasn't working from the beginning. I apologize. So we'll get Joe on again down the road again when I can get him in studio in front of me. Thanks for once a Raider, always a Raider. Joe Ekamandu, former running back for the Silver and Black. Uh, 702-365-9200 as we continue on. If you want to get through, jump on board. Just got back a a text from Sebastian Janikowski, who's uh, wishing me well this year. That was nice to look at my phone to see that. So... Raider fans, we're putting the game plan in uh, Thursday, tomorrow, Fred Bolitnikoff at 12.30. He's got an event on Friday from 5 to 7, and that'll be over at the M Resort. It's a wine signing, so come on out and support Freddie. Please come out and support Freddie. And let's get some phone calls going here because it's time for the Raider fans to wake up. Uh, We'll talk to Steph McKenzie coming up here in a few minutes, and then also at the bottom of the hour, it should get good. Nasty Nestor Aparicio will join us. He's the biggest Raven fan I know. And he's covered the Ravens as good as anybody I know. So we'll get a full breakdown on everything that's happening with the Ravens. Because he knows the coach. He knows everybody. And he's going to be a great assistance to us as we try to figure out what the Raiders need to do to go out and win this game. A 1-0 start would do wonders for this season. JT, as we open it up, brought to you by Modelo. An official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. I would say that he cares. Gus really cares about you. And, you know, I was talking about dogs. He, he bought a dog some years ago. He asked me what should he name his dog. And, you know, he knows all my kids and, you know, asked him how they're doing in school. And so you can look in people's eyes and tell that they care. You know, you just got the look and you look in people's eyes. Gus got that look. And so um, he's somebody that I always love playing for. 
And uh, he works his tail off. He's always in this building, making sure that this defense is going to be on point. And um, a guy like him, you know, deserves to be in this building, you know, head, head coach one day again. JT, we continue on as we roll on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Raiders play Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. I'll have my Super Bowl pick tomorrow. We'll go through division by division, and we'll see where I have the Raiders. Steph McKenzie joins me from 97-1 the point. Your dream was to go to a Raider game in Vegas with fans, and we're here, Steph. How are you? Oh, I am amazing. I'm I'm. I, I can't even tell you I'm over the moon for this. I'm so excited, and I couldn't be happier, honestly. Yeah, it's taken a while to do this yesterday, and I wanted to have you on today because I'm sure you're talking about it on Fox and McKenzie in the morning, is this clear app is really important. I mean, it is monumentally important that everyone who hears your show, my show, us together, downloads that clear app so they don't get jacked up on Monday night football and have to deal with anything. It's easy to do. I know you've done it. Everybody has to do it. You have to be vaccinated to go in. If you only have one shot, you could go to a special screening area on Saturday and Sunday before Monday or wait to Monday. But, Steph, we got to get this right. This is a big game. Well, and I will say my tip for it is, is if you're doing the app, just take a little bit of time. Don't rush through it and know exactly what you're doing right there because, like you said, it's very easy and just follow along. Yeah, and it's important to do it because once you do it once, you don't have to do it again. Once you, take, you put your vaccine, you take your clear app, you take your picture, your selfie, which you do several times a day. I mean, you use oh your selfie as a mirror, <laughs> right? Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> Isn't that your mirror? When you, look, when you look at your selfie photo and then, you know, you get it, you put it in, you have it in your app, you connect it there. So you show your tickets, you show your clear app as you walk into the game. Because as you know, there's a lot of complainers now. People complained about the stadium before it was even built. People complained a year before the stadium was built and they complained. Now everybody's kissing ass. They want to go to the game. But fans... We've been through a lot. These fans last year had to give up their tickets and wait for a year. Now we're telling them, hey, man, you got to have an app and a vaccine. I know it's difficult on many of them, but the Raiders have gone out of their way to explain it very easily. Well, and I will say even bigger than that for women and for men, because I saw it. We haven't talked since the Guns N' Roses uh, concert. Mm. Make sure you have the clear bags to get into the stadium. It's been that way in the NFL for a while. And I know at some concert places throughout the United States, but it was a huge issue at the Guns N' Roses concert. It was a little bit of a problem in the first game in preseason for the Raiders, but I can't stress it enough. Do not take any other bag except a see-through clear bag, and it's got to be small. Steph McKenzie, you nailed that at Guns N' Roses. There was a line an hour after the concert, an hour, for people to pick up their bag. I mean, how long do you got to know this? To go into a Legion stadium, you have to have a clear, small, see-through bag. If it's going to hold your phone, whatever it's going to hold in there, do it. And and everybody's got to know this. It takes people a while. And again, I understand why. People have other things going on in their lives, but everybody's got to be on page with that. Now, let's go to the game. Because the oh, Ravens yeah. had a bunch of injuries. J.K. Dobbins, their running back's gone for the year. Their first-round wide receiver had groin issues. He's out. But it's Lamar Jackson, and I know how much respect you have for his ability. He's already won an MVP already, and he's a great player, and the Raiders got to tackle him and get him on the ground, Steph. 
Well, you know, a lot of things going on with this. First of all, he is such a smart quarterback, and he can adapt. He stays in the pocket, so we have to rush him. We have to get to him, which means the defense, right? I think there's a lot of pressure going into this game as far as our defense is concerned. However, I do think that we're able to cover it. I think we're able to get into it. And I think Gus Bradley, he doesn't have his work cut out for him going into this game. He's already had his work cut out for him but he's a professional and he's lining those guys up and I think we can do it do we just can't give him an early lead no we can't give him an early lead and also you got to just stop this team ran for 191 yards a game last year I mean I keep looking at that number and it's just shocking to me and the Raiders have to make sure that Lamar Lamar Jackson runs for 70 yards that's a lot but if it's 70 yards in the middle of the field that sets up field goals I can live with that but he is so good, and, you know, the big news this week, Steph, was Tanner Muse, another third-round pick. We did that show together when he was drafted with right. Mike Pritchard, and everybody talked about It's disappointing that a couple of Mike Mayock's third-round picks aren't here, but this one doesn't hurt as bad because they got K.J. Wright, the linebacker from Seattle, who's had an, a brilliant, I mean brilliant, 10-year oh. career. And getting him over Tanner Muse, to me, takes the edge off the Raider Nation being all pissed off. Oh, absolutely. And how upset is everyone in Seattle? I mean, you can hear them crying today, can't you? It's just so sad for them. He has done great things for Seattle, and I expect Mm. the same when he comes into Las Vegas. And I think he's going to adapt, and I think that Gus Bradley knows what he's doing. Again, he's picking people that need to fill those holes, that need to bring our defense up to top. Yeah, I agree. Steph McKenzie joins us, 97, won the point. I mean, the the defensive upgrades of Casey Hayward from the Chargers, who played for Gus. K.J. Wright, yeah. who played for Gus in Seattle. Yannick Ngakwe, who played for Gus when Gus was the head coach in Jacksonville. Uh, Denzel Perryman, at linebacker, who played for Gus with the Chargers. Look, I don't care how they do it. Paul Gunther couldn't recruit the players that Gus Bradley is recruiting, but they got to show up. They got to show up on Monday night. And, Steph, we've been in the building a few times together. I can't even explain what it's going to be like because I don't know. I mean, the, the, the preseason Seattle game was pretty loud. I was working that evening with an earpiece in. I didn't hear the crowd at its highest point. But this is going to blow the roof off. This is the biggest event, I believe, in Vegas sports history. Well, it's a an official game. It's not a preseason with fans there. You can say, yeah, we went to the preseason game, but this is the official game. And, you know, the Ravens coming in at a four-and-a-half, that was the latest, right? Yeah. Is it, are they still the four-and-a-half? Four yeah. Four-and-a-half point favorite? I mean, that's pretty big. And i got to throw this out to you. I've been dying to ask you this. As far as, you know, when you, when you match up the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I really, really want to see Carr do a little bit more. I want him to be more versatile. I want him to throw a little bit besides running all the time and running. Well, you know, you're right about Carr. Carr's got to be more versatile in the running game. And John Gruden wants uh, wants that more out of him because passing his completion percentage is so high. The critics who say he checks down, that's not accurate. He looks for Darren Waller. But, Steph, as we talked, this season's about either Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs III. One of those two guys have to have 70 receptions, 65 receptions, and have a breakout year. You cannot have Henry Ruggs as the first wide receiver taken in the draft two years ago not have a breakout year. And I know you're a big fan of Hunter Renfro in the slot, and I think against Baltimore, to keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline, Renfro on third and Renfro has got to catch a couple of balls and move the chain so Lamar Jackson doesn't come out on the field and he has to sit on his ass. 
Well, I think that for both of them, Ruggs and Renfro, they need to come out. I think we need to see. Well, I, I just smile when I hear Henry Ruggs the third. I just mm. smile, and I think that we're going to see some big stuff for him. I think you and I are going to be screaming to the top of our lungs with some exciting plays and, and some action from him. Yeah, we're wrapping it up with Steph McKenzie. Check out a morning show, 97, won the point. She joins us every Wednesday. You know, I was just reminding people today, I did a podcast today on the season, and the Raiders last year came in second place in the AFC West at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Chargers were 7-9, and nine and, and Denver was 5-11. and 11. I'm not exaggerating. Every single NFL insider that I know of, not a couple of them, everyone that I know have both the Denver Broncos and the Chargers better than the Raiders this year. My head's about to pop because the Raiders did so much to improve the defense. Everybody's buying into this love affair with Justin Herbert and the Chargers and think that the Broncos are five wins better because they have Teddy Bridgewater. We've talked about it for the last couple of appearances you've been on the show. The disrespect for the Raiders going into week one is at the highest level I've seen, and they're not going to be able to shut anybody up, Steph, until they win games and get to the playoffs. Well, and I think that, you know, they have to just drown out that outside noise. And on that note, too, you are we did a big thing yesterday about the most hated NFL team, and it's saying the Raiders going into this. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And you don't want to get me started about the Broncos again. Do not get me started because I can't even handle it. So what do you think of this weekend? A lot of people are reaching out to me. Uh, what, where are the Raiders doing? Raider events. There's a bunch of events around town. And I tell people because they're coming in on Thursday or Friday. And they're staying till Tuesday. And explain to me, because you know Vegas as good as anyone, uh, just to go find these events. Raider Nation's going to be all the way from M Resort with Fred Bolitnikoff on Friday night to Tim Brown at Field the Dreams, all the way to Circa at these pool parties. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for the Raider Nation to party for three or four days. Oh, I, absolutely. And I know one thing that's really cool going on, I know Josh Jacobs is a Ford man, and he's going to be mm. at Ford Country from noon to three signing autographs. And if you bring in canned food, of course, you know me and my charity angles. Mm. He's helping with that as well. So that's pretty cool. This game is really important because Pittsburgh's coming up on a short week. And if they lose this game, they got to turn around and get ready for Pittsburgh, a team that was 10-0 and last year to start the season. I'm not calling it make or break. It's one game. But I really believe the Raiders have to come out. They did it last year with New Orleans. New Orleans was the first game ever in Vegas, and they beat them. And they beat them convincingly. they got to do it again. Baltimore's got injuries. They're coming in limping. The Raiders sat out everybody to keep them fresh. I just think this, these fresh legs, Steph, better be ready in the fourth quarter to close out this game. How do you say it? Well, are you looking for a score? Or are you looking for what I think they need to do? Oh, give us whatever you want. You're in charge. You're the radio oh, icon. I, I'm just interviewing you. Well, you know, my biggest concern always each and every year is that we come out with such – either we come out just blazing and we do so well and we let it go at the middle of the third, right? Mm-hmm. Or we come out and we're always trying to catch up, catch up, catch up. And we almost get there, and then we just lose it by that much. And I just don't want that. I want us to be able to find a lead. And especially going into mm-hmm. this game, we need that lead. And we, we can't be trailing by more than seven if that's the case, if that's what's going on, especially with the Ravens yeah. coming in and leading. I think that the score is going to end up being 24-27 the Raiders. 27-24 the Raiders. That's about right. I, I really think if the Raiders are going to win that game, it's got to get into the deep 20s. It's going to be close. It's- It's tough to do that against the Ravens with their defense and the way they play. But the secondary, 
Look, if the Raiders are trailing, they're going to have to throw on Marlon Humphrey and this defense, which is tough to do because they got guys that can pick it off and make plays. But I think Josh Jacobs' legs being fresh is going to be the key to this game. Carr and Waller and Renfro on third down, keeping Lamar Jackson on the sideline. We will see you Monday night, pregame at the Torch. Come by and wave. Say hello. And uh, I know you'll be looking good, dressed for success. We'll see you Monday night at Allegiant Stadium. All right, don't forget, keep the faith, man. We got this. Go Raiders. Yeah, that's Steph McKenzie, 97, won the point. We appreciate her coming on. Fantastic. And uh, she'll be on every Wednesday, and she'll talk about what's happening in the community. She's a diehard fan. That's why we put Steph on to start off last year, and she's not coming off my show. She's tremendous. She's one of the best voices in all of Vegas, long period of time, successful morning disc jockey, a lot of charity work in town. Everybody knows Steph McKenzie. I hope everybody knows me years from now in Vegas the way they know Steph McKenzie. She likes the Raiders. She's going to pick the Raiders to win every game. So to get ready for that. She said 27-24, and that sounds about right. If the Raiders can hold Baltimore to under 25 points, I like the Raiders being able to score. But Wink Martindale, Don Wink Martindale blitzes a lot. Carr's going to have to get the ball out early and make a lot of big plays. Hey, Wahoos. Did you ever have a great fish taco? Go to Wahoos, one of our newest sponsors here. All their locations in the valley. The new one on Eastern with that second deck that overlooks the strip. I've been there a lot. A lot of my friends hang out there. Wahoos is the fantastic place, not only for gaming, beverages, drink specials, great Mexican food. I love, I love their carne asada burrito. Thrilled that Wahoos is with us for football season. Jump on board with them with all their locations, the one by my house in Boca Park and the one in Eastern and all their other locations. We welcome Wahoos to the JT The Brick Show right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Yeah, it's great. He's, um, he's, he's, he's a guy that helps us recruit free agents. Uh, he has input in a lot of things that we do. I trust him because I know he works at it. A lot of people have an opinion, but they don't really know what the hell they're talking about because they don't spend the time. Um, he spends a lot of time in an ordinary amount of time preparing, studying, and um, I, I, I appreciate that, and we certainly, we certainly uh, appreciate his advice. John Gruden on Derek Carr, JT, back with you. Nestor Aparicio, my longtime friend, 35 epic years of Baltimore positive and in the media with his own, his own signal, WNST, Nasty Nestor. My good friend joins us and fellow Rush fanatic, man. You're coming to Vegas for Raider football. I, I bet you that never crossed your mind your entire life as a little boy being an NFL fan. You know, the weirdest thing, I was just on the Ravens website, and they have uh, a podcast that's brought to you by DraftKings, by gambling. And, uh, you know, the gambling part for people not in Vegas, I mean, you know, come on, you're in Vegas, it's everybody, gambling's a part of the lifestyle. Most of us fly in and fly out and don't necessarily associate you know, football with there. I, that will all change when I land on Sunday night. I'm coming into McCarran, you know. 
I'll look over. I'll see that giant black silver thing you got going on next to the Mandalay Bay. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Oakland will no longer be a place I go for football games. The same way San Diego isn't. And the same way you go to St. Louis to see the Stones, but you're not going to see the Rams anymore. Yeah, you've traveled a lot your whole career, especially bringing Raven fans to some of the best venues in all of the NFL. Let's talk about the Ravens as we sit out west here in Vegas. And all I heard about, Lamar COVID twice, J.K. Dobbins down, the rookie wide receiver out. How injured is this team? Because they don't lose preseason games. They've won 20 in a row, but they haven't practiced a bunch together. I'm a little confused of the status of the team coming out to Vegas. Well, how injured they are on offense has nothing to do with how the defense is going to play. And the defense has been kind of stacked. I mean, DaCosta has been dealing players off the bottom of the roster for future draft picks. Uh, they, you know, Wink Martindale feels like they have enough guys on defense. Um, and I think that they're going to win more games, especially in this first month, month and a half. They're going to need to win games with defense because the offense has not been put together the way that you draw it up. Rick, this team got eliminated uh, in January by the Bills, and the first thing was, look, we need, we need a better pass rush, need somebody to catch the ball, you know, need targets for Lamar, guys had the dropsies, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and DaCosta and went out and, and built this thing. You know, they, they fortified the defense, they brought in some players they wanted, they, they, they had given all the money to Marlon Humphrey, now they fortified certain offensive players. They gave Mark Andrews the tight end $56 million this, this week, but they addressed the wide receiver uh, situation with Sandy Watkins. They addressed it on draft night with their first pick in, in, in Bateman. Uh, and, and then the, the running back situation was last year's draft where they, they used a second-round draft pick, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, what are we doing? We already, we already have a running back. We have Mark Ingram. Well, then J.K. Dobbins comes in, and it, it, it was obvious last year that he was providing – Real relief for Lamar. And, you know, Lamar didn't have to run 14, 16, 18 times in a game. That it was more for Dobbins to be the first half runner, Gus Edwards to be sort of the finisher. That's all blown up now. So, you know, all the offseason plans, all that we talked about on the radio in March and in April before the draft and after the draft and how you're going to go into camp and all that. Let's start with Lamar not being vaccinated and, and, and having COVID twice. That sort of set them back. The whole program gets set back by all of this because they're not conducted. This is the Stones practicing without Keith. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you got you, you to practice. It's, it's the NFL. That being said, the practice games across the league, a lot of coaches has, have abstained from putting their players in. And then they go and put Dobbins in in this game against the Washington football team. And he rips his knee up five plays into the game. And now you've got a guy who probably was going to get the ball 18 to 20 times a game over now 17 weeks of football, right? That's a guy that, they, I, that easily would add 250 carries to this team this year, especially with the way they run the ball, how well they run it, how they don't pass the ball. And you take him out now, and I'm concerned that Lamar is going to become the running back again. In the, not in disrespect to Gus Edwards. I think that's what he knows. That's what they know. That's what they go back to, that if they're losing 19-14 to 14 in the third quarter, Lamar will be running the football more than they drew it up. And they've spent right. two years now eating off of him running, but talking about throwing it more. Eating off of him running, 
but bringing in more running backs. Now they bring in Le'Veon Bell, so your guess is as good as mine. Nestor Aparicio is our guest. So the team ran it for 191 yards a game. That number is insane. And it's because they got a quarterback that if you hold him to 80 yards, you might feel good about it if you do it in between the 20s. In the red zone, he's a freak because he can throw the fade pattern. He can throw the in route. I've seen him make every throw you can possibly make, but he still doesn't get the respect. I mean, he's not Dan Marino, and he's not going to be Tom Brady. He's a different type of quarterback, but when he runs – he runs differently with a focus and an aggression. And Gus Bradley has rebuilt this defense. It almost feels like for Lamar in the last week with K.J. Wright and Denzel Perryman, and they have a stout defensive tackle rotation where they want to get pressure up the middle. But the thing, Nestor, that gets me about Lamar is he can beat you off tackle, straight up the middle running, or he can catch the edge and be gone for 30 yards. But as you said, the fact that he's had COVID twice – and he wasn't practicing, and they put him bubble-wrapped in the preseason, I guess Raven fans can feel positive that his legs are going to be fresh, and the game plan shows that they're going to want to run against the Raiders with him. Well, I think that's where you get – they got to win Monday night. they got the Chiefs coming in here on short rest, right? So yeah. they, they need to win, and when the game gets tight, that's how they win. That's how they know how to win. That, that's what they will revert to if it's a tight game. If it's not that kind of game, you're going to get Gus Edwards shoved up, you know, uh, the backside of Le'Veon Bell and, you know, whatever else they can do to move the sticks. But for me, you know, with with Lamar, the the fact that he runs, he runs well, all these gaudy statistics and all these wins, the only thing he hasn't done is won the third week of January and the first week of February, right? Like, so he's he's now won a playoff game. I mean, was he 23 years old, right? So, I mean, we're not – uh, you know, he hasn't been broken in half yet. Uh, he has managed to avoid those kinds of hits, quite frankly. We haven't had – had more scares on Flacco the last two years of his career year than I've had the first three, three and a half years of, of, uh, of, of Lamar Jackson, right? I would say this about him running, that that's what, that's what they're designed to do. It's what they draft to do, yet you know, all offseason and the pundits get together and, they, and when you lose – in Buffalo, because guys dropped the ball primarily on that mm-hmm. night. But when you lose, it's oh, we don't pass the ball well enough. Well, you just you went fourteen and two, you know, playing like Navy, you know, whatever you would call this, right? Um, this style of offense, and you, you wonder why he's enough credit. He's never going to throw for four thousand yards. He's right. never going to throw. If he throws fifty times in a game, you're losing so badly that you can't win. And if he throws 50 times in a game, you're not going to win because it's not designed to do that. And I think putting those expectations, look, he's not white. It's not drop back. He doesn't win press conferences. You know, it's nothing about this is traditional. Nothing statistically, nothing even that you can play fantasy sports around is reliable. And now you're going to take the wide receiver who is going to be a difference maker out. You take a running back out. The, the offensive line is not played together at all. We don't know what it's going to be uh, with a couple of veteran guys moving around in Villanueva. I don't know what to expect Monday. Britt, that's what makes this kind of interesting and fun and high wire for me. You know, I'm flying into Vegas, trying to avoid the plague, you know, trying to go to a football game, getting my clear thing together and my vaccines, and I had my COVID test today. The whole deal, all of this is so weird but I have no idea what we're going to get on the field. I think the defense is going to show up. I think the defense is going to get Gruden and, and Carr and, 
and you know, and and and, and uh, you know, the, the the whole ship, some problems. But I believe in the defense. I can't say I believe in the offense right now because I haven't seen it run. Nestor Aparicio. So this is big. The defense is unbelievable. My son goes. I got a freshman out at ASU. I was out in Scottsdale couple of months ago and Calais Campbell was in the restaurant he's the largest human being I've ever seen in the NFL and that says a lot because we've both been covering the NFL a long time he's the largest human being and that's without pads on and cleats Ogden rolls out there with you man come on yeah you're right about that Ogden is good and we're helping out with his golf tournament coming up but I see Marcus Peters and especially Marlon Humphrey they love to talk trash especially Peters with the Oakland connection back in the day and then I look around at Houston, Queen, and the rest of this defense. I mean, this secondary is unbelievable. And you know how good of a season Darren Waller had and what Carr can do with the line of scrimmage. I mean, look, Carr's going to have to throw the ball on third down and make some big plays, and he's throwing at two of the best corners in all of football, and these guys love the atmosphere. They've never played in a louder road game. I'm going to say that on record, a louder indoor road game, maybe other than New Orleans, and it's prime at the Dome, and they're going to face Monday night. And it just seems to me that Humphrey and especially Peters love this atmosphere. They want to shine on Monday night. Uh, I think I saw that with Peters when he first got over in that Rams game. You know, the, the, yeah. Lamar went out to the Memorial Coliseum and just steamrolled uh, Eric Weddle and the Rams that night. And the Ramsey deal, you know, they almost fought on the field. It's crazy. You know, I mean, I'm down there in the middle of it on the, the turf at the Coliseum, I remember. So, look, the Mousy part of it, the, the Ravens defense part, the legacy of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs and Lodi Nata, all those things I don't need to tell you about, right? Uh, and Saragusa and Rich Gannon and, you know, all the Raiders, Raven history and goes to the post and being on the wrong side of that in 77. From a Baltimore perspective with the Raiders as I bring it in, I- I'm excited about the game. I, I see if-, if you're asking me to be predictive, the predictive part would be I think the offense will be okay. I think they'll wind up kicking more field goals and scoring touchdowns in the mm-hmm. end. Uh, and I uh, because of – mistakes. One thing Lamar doesn't do. He does not throw the ball around like a hot potato. He does not give it up. He doesn't he doesn't throw bad passes, high risk passes. He doesn't get stripped much. I've been shocked over the couple of years of watching this. Now last year was different because they went into pistol and they Mascara had a snapping issue, some sort of Steve Sachs thing, you know what I mean? And they, they had some snapping issues. But as far as handoff issues, I thought all this sort of slate of hand, all these Vegas card tricks that Lamar would play where he socks the ball into Ingram and pulls it out, socks the ball mm-hmm. into Edwards and pulls it out and runs, that those that there would be more fumbles caused by that. That once a week the ball would hit the ground because they're they're playing tricks with the ball. That hasn't happened. I mean, it, 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 he has been a very, very clean quarterback in that way. That he, they're not going to lose Monday because Lamar is going to throw three picks and put the ball on the ground twice. Yeah. Like, they haven't lost like that. That's how they win 11, 12, 13 games because they don't do that. So that's not they're going to be their game. The game to me is going to be Marlon Humphrey up in the air, to your point, force in third and 12s, force in situations, um, the dome being loud and forcing bad down and distances from penalties on both sides of the ball. Because I think the place is just going to be loud in general. I don't think people are going to shut up when cars working. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just going to be a loud place. 
And, and I think it's going to be awkward for everyone because it's been a long time since they've heard that kind of noise. But I think in the end, the ball is going to go up in the air, and the Ravens are really good at, at getting that. And You're right I about that. That, that, that. that, to me, will turn the game. I believe in the Ravens' defense taking the ball away. Well, that's it because Carr doesn't turn it over a lot if, if, other than when he fumbles in the pocket, but he's very efficient with the ball. And this this is going to have to be his greatest game with Gruden. They have all the plays. God knows they drew him up. They have all the players to spread him out, but the Ravens have the athletes. Nestor Aparicio, as we're wrapping it up, we're big music guys. I saw Garth and Guns N' Roses. You're seeing a lot of concerts back east. We love the Rolling Stones. We hook up at shows all the time. We're both Rush fans. There's a big, big Rush movie concert tomorrow night. I can't wait for you to get out and come with your wife to concerts in Vegas. But as you said, we're still in a pandemic, and we suck in Vegas at COVID. After every holiday, our numbers spike. Labor Day, Memorial Day, the 4th of July. Now we got to have everybody vaccinated to come into this building, which I support, and you're doing it too. What are Raven fans saying about this road trip? Are they intimidated? The tickets are off the charts expensive. How many fans are you bringing out here? Well, it was a big deal when it showed up on the calendar, right? We thought, well, maybe it'd be in October, November. Well, hey, it's easy kickoff. And then the Ravens fans found out, oh, it's the first game like ever. Oh, they won 500 bucks for tickets. Oh, the rooms are 450 Oh, well, all of a sudden – Maybe we should go to the Miami game in November. You know what I mean? Do the beach for three days where it's $199 to get there and $89 a night or whatever. Uh, I talk about COVID Central there. So who knows any of this, right? Like the Stones begin their tour later on in the month in St. Louis on the 26th. I'm holding tickets in Pittsburgh on the 4th. Um, I had a friend that said, you want to go to Atlanta in November? I'm like, man, I I'm not buying green bananas right now on concerts, bro. You know what I mean? Like, literally, if it's available and it's there for you on September something, I'm seeing Hall & Oates next week. I've seen the Eagles. I want to see the Eagles again because they were unbelievably – they blew me away. How I've seen the Eagles 30 times, but I got kind of bored with it and stopped seeing them a decade ago and paying 300 bucks. And the ticket prices were depressed. They were Vince Gill was unbelievable. So yeah. I I love shows. I, I miss Rush. I'm into this movie on Thursday night. Um, but I want to soak in some stones. Um, you know, I mean, the Black Crows are running around without our pal behind the kit. So that's going on. I mean, and then Kiss gets run off the road, right? And and, and sure. Garth was slated to play in Baltimore, sold fifty thousand tickets, and then gave all the money back last week. So. I'm just trying to get what I can get and have a little bit of fun. And even on a night, like, dude, I was out there with you in Vegas, and Mick had to cancel. You remember that. Every time I hear the song Miss You, I think of you and me, Julie, my pal Peter, in that little bar, the silver, it was Silver Dollars, that was called? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and watching the band members roll through Stone songs because cool. Mick got sick and they couldn't play. So, you know, it's those kind of – when things go wrong in Vegas – you find another way. You find another way. Absolutely. I'll see you at the game. Thanks for coming out to Allegiant Stadium, and thanks for one of the best previews our listeners could ever get on the Ravens. I'll see you this weekend. Thanks for coming out. Let's go Raiders. You got it. There he is, Nasty Nestor Aparicio. That's your breakdown of the Ravens. He thinks they win with Marlon Humphreys in defense. Loud. They turn it over once or twice more. It sets up Lamar for rushing touchdowns. That's the way a lot of people see it. The Raiders are going to have to really step up. 
Yesterday I was at the Raiders in the Henderson Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Right after that I drove right down the 15 to Area 15. Went into a simulator at Five Iron Golf. Me and my buddy Andrew, who I work with, we played nine holes of golf where Bryson DeChambeau, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Phil played golf in Montana. We played that beautiful moonlight course where you hit the ball a lot farther. I can't believe this golf simulator was able to pick up for the altitude in Montana. I was hitting drives 330 yards with the roll, and I could never get out there that long. We had some food, we had some drinks, and we're thrilled to be partners with Five Iron Golf. They got leagues on Monday, Tuesday. You can go watch college football. If you got a bachelor party, you take your guys out to Five Iron Golf, uh, get one of the simulators, sit there. They got couches and chairs. Order a bunch of drinks, bottles, beers. Tell them JT sent you. Play golf with brand-new golf clubs. That's the best part about it. They don't give you crap. They give you the best of the best equipment. And then you're right in the middle of Area 15. And you have a great time at Five Iron Golf, proud partner of our show. We're welcoming a whole bunch of new partners this week. I'm very honored that we have businesses that are aligned with me on Raider Nation Radio. They want the vibe of the Raider Nation with their brands. We welcome Wahoo's Fish Taco this week. And I can't wait to officially welcome Doghouse Inside Resorts World. That is the most expensive casino in the world, the biggest one in Vegas, the newest one, and they have faith in me, and Doghouse is incredible. As you can go watch all the games, there's live music after the games, and the sports book of all of Resorts World is inside Doghouse. How cool is that? Wait till you go there. It will blow you away. It's the premier place to watch football inside the premier casino in all of the world. Can't wait for that. We'll have more information on that later on this week, but... I guess we gave it away, and we're also welcoming Charles Woodson to the show and Woodson Whiskey and what Charles does, which is going to be fantastic too. Tomorrow, Fred Bolitnikoff comes on. I have one dad. He's in Long Island, New York, one hero, one person in my life. It's my dad. The second closest to that in regards to having someone to look up to, talk to, and really be tight with is Fred Bolitnikoff. He's changed my life. He is a great friend. His son, Freddie Jr., is the head football coach at Coronado High School. So if you're listening out in Henderson and you want to go catch a high school football game, that's pretty cool with Freddie Bolitnikoff Jr. leading the way there. So good show today. Thanks to Steph McKenzie. Mad Max Crosby. Oh, that was good to talk to Mad Max. If you missed that, we'll make sure we podcast it and we'll send it out there for everybody. That was a lot of fun to talk to him. Also, really good to catch up with Joe Ekamandu, the former Raider running back who jumped on board with us too. So that's what we do. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Now I am going to get a workout in and I am going to get ready to watch Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter just got inducted into Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I DVR'd it. I didn't look at it. I didn't want to look at it. I want it to be perfect. Going to jump in the pool and sit out and watch Derek Jeter get inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. How cool is that? That just happened. And then we got one more day before the start of the NFL. And tomorrow, tomorrow I give you my Super Bowl pick and all my playoff picks. And a little hint, I picked an AFC team to win the Super Bowl. Hope that sits well with the Raider Nation. 
Q and Vinny Bonsignor. Have a great night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.